She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. And because I'm obsessed with Leslie Nope and literally have a Hope with Nope uh, poster hanging up in my office, I mean, I would really like to meet you. (laughs) New goal, be someone Amy Poehler calls for a walk and talk. I need Leslie Nope to tell me, I need Leslie Nope to tell me that I am a beautiful tropical starfish. (laughs) I'm still the previous. (laughs) Molly, we're at 52 minutes already. Hey, lady. Hi. It's been a while. My hair's clean. Can you see? Like, I got a shower. (laughs) I got a shower. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> so, um, besties, it's been two weeks since April and I have seen each other because Which is not normal for us. Nope. Um, so the Saturday we were due to record last week, I mm-hmm. um my hot water heater ex- pretty much exploded. Yeah. Um, rained through my eldest daughter's bedroom into the master bedroom. So yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> um. I, uh, uh, so we had to call service pro and they cut a big hole in Piper's closet because it Mm -hmm. rained straight through her closet. Oh man. Um, is your water heater like on the second floor? It's in the attic. Oh, so like I was trying to figure out how it rained in Piper's room and then like through your ceiling and I was telling Tom, he's like, why do they have their water heater on the second floor? I was like, I don't know. Ours is in the garage. I know. It's um, in the attic. So it's in the attic and like it's adjacent to Piper's. It's like the overflow is right next to her closet. So it just mm-hmm. kind of came down through. But wow. um, Piper. the only thing the girls lost, um, they like to make movies, right? Mm-hmm. They record the, their own little shorts and stuff. And they lost their they lost their camera, which was Aww. upsetting, um, which the insurance will cover. But the thing they were really most upset about is um, they had a notebook full of scripts they had written together. Oh no. <laughs> that that was sad. like, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it hurts because, yeah, like clothes can be replaced. The camera can be replaced. That but can't. That can't. That can't. And mm-hmm. that the memory of them working on that can't. And like so. as a mom, like that's something I'd want to like keep too. Right. You know? And it was joy for them during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It was joy for them during the pandemic. I'm sorry, these girls. It's dried out now. Um, Matt's uncle, who is a plumber, a retired plumber, uh, used his connections and helped us get a hot water heater at cost. Oh, that's good. And helped Matt install it. And now we have hot water. We just are waiting for insurance so we can replace the holes in our ceiling and Piper ceiling. So. Well, I'm I'm glad you have hot water. Um, Same. I missed hot water. You don't know how much shit relies on hot water until you need it. Yeah, I um, I definitely I got a, quite a few text messages from Molly in our group chat with our friend Nurse Katie that were like panicked and um, yeah, I I feel so bad and I'm glad you're okay and Me like. Too. Like, if you're joining us for the first time or you're, like, just finding us and you didn't listen to our intro episode, Molly and I don't even live in the same city, Mm -hmm. but we don't live in the same state. We live across the country from uh, each other. 
So there wasn't anything I could do. Like I could be like, uh, you could come shower at my house if you get on a plane and fly six hours here. Like there's nothing I could do. It was, it was, it sucked. It was good that you were an ear though, because you and Katie uh, were a good sounding board because my mother pretty much told me to suck it up. Uh, my sister yeah. was out of town because she was doing her things. So uh, my sympathetic ears were you guys. You guys are yeah. always my sympathetic ears because you guys well, love me dearly. Well, that's, you know, that's what we do. And I just have to say, I love that we still have this group chat going uh, with Nurse Katie. Nurse Katie. She's that, fantastic. I love that, Nurse Katie. That started because she's been a, a friend of mine since middle school and yes. I just wanted to have her on the podcast and just introduced you guys. And yes. um, now you guys are friends. Right. <laughs> so. It is. It's great. I love it. Yeah. So, Hey, so you want to talk about our book this week? Yes, please. Yes, please. By Amy Poehler. <laughs> um, I so funny. Uh, I, uh, I'm very excited to have you host. I hosted last week. Um, and are you sure back- about that? Oh, fuck me, Molly. Gosh. Did you see how many pages of notes I had, too? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> just a lot of tabs and a lot of notes. Like, okay, I get it. Last week, I was all tab happy. With well, also, I don't thing. know. I, um, we say this all the time. Um, April and I are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, it's true. And this book definitely points that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, April is Leslie Nope. I'm and, Leslie Nope. And I'm Amy Poehler. Yes. I, I am very much Leslie Nope. I actually just today finished watching the series all the way through again. I love that show so damn much. I, I have seen Parks and Rec all the way through. I, I mean, I don't even know how many Lost times now. It's at least at least six or seven times. Yes. Um, it's my favorite show. I've gone through all these different phases of like Friends was my favorite show when I was younger. Um, and I still very much like Friends, but <clears throat> How I Met Your Mother then became my favorite show because I was the same age as the characters in the show. And so I related to their journey more than like mm-hmm. Friends because I was 12 when Friends started. So it right. was. We were young. Right. Um, but since finding Parks and Rec, um, it is my favorite show. And it's one that, like, I rewatch all the time. If I'm having a really, like, bummer day, I want to put on the episode The Littlest Park, which yes. is when when um, Ben and Leslie get back together officially and decide to make it real. And it's my favorite episode of the show. Um, but I love Leslie Nope. I, too, think in binders and post-it notes and planners. Um, and one of her favorite things is to do is jamming on her planner. That's me, too. Um, <laughs> it's all my anxiety, like, loves to live in those spaces. Um, the very funny thing is, if you know anything about Parks and Rec, um, the show talks about the relationship between the Parks and Rec department and the library department and how they, like, hate each other. I can yes. confirm that that is a real issue in city government. The library that's department hilarious. and the parks and rec department do not like each other at all. <laughs> so that's I can amazing. confirm that's real. But I will tell you that almost every person I've met that works in parks and rec is not like Leslie. But every person I've met that works in libraries is like Leslie. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I read this book because I like parks and rec. I read it because I like her writing on SNL and um, Parks and Rec and her movies. And I love uh, her dynamic with Tina Fey and Seth Meyers. Yeah. So, see, I 
I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I did not like all of the movies that she has done. Oh, um, really? Like, I thought Baby Mama was really dumb. I really didn't like that at all. I feel like the early parts of her career, uh-huh. well, actually, this isn't really the early parts of her career. I would say the midpoint of her career. Right, because she has she was, A Bright Citizen Brigade, too, which right. I watched that as a kid. I used to watch that show on uh, Comedy Central uh, at night I, when I was, like, a teen and a tween. Where I had never even heard of that until I read this book. But <laughs> Really? Um, yeah, because, like, you and I don't follow comedy the same way. Like, right. you know, we have different, and, and this goes back to, again, you being more like Amy and Amy, being more like Leslie. Yes. Um, so I feel like her midpoint career where she was doing things like Baby Mama and was on SNL, mm-hmm. I thought she was great on SNL doing um, Weekend Update with Tina Fey. I love that. And when she did it with Seth Meyers, I love that. Didn't like Baby Mama. I love Mean Girls. Love that movie. Mean Girls um, is good. Still my, one of my favorites. Um, shout out to my girl Megan because we like her new mean movie's girls really great too. The one on um, Netflix. The one where Wine Country. No, oh no, the newer one. Uh, the one where she's the mom of the teen who's like rebelling in high school. I'll put it in the notes. Uh, I have uh, not seen this movie. Oh, it's but so I thought, good. But I thought Wine Country was really good, and I really? love watching. I love watching the show. Um, making it, making it. Yeah, with her and. Oh. Um, Nick Offerman. I love. That I'm a crafter. Dynamic. I'm a crafter, and so I just love that show. But I do feel Moxie. like the movie's called Moxie. Okay, I it's don't know based that off one. a book, which we'll probably have to do now. Well, I I don't know that one, but I feel like I'm making it. She is more the character of of Leslie Nope no. than she is Amy Poehler, and I, and I think he plays more. Uh, Nick Offerman's not playing Nick Offerman; he's playing a character off Ron Swanson. I don't agree with that. I think he's playing a character based off of Nick Offerman. <laughs> It's, um, they're very, they're dynamic. I think they realize that they have this great dynamic, right? When yeah. it comes to them playing these caricatures. Yeah. So, um, let's well, get into a synopsis of the book. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say real quick? Sure. I do feel a little weird about us doing this book on the podcast. Yeah. I, I actually have a couple notes about that. Okay. Maybe I should hold my thought or you want me yeah, to? Let's hold right, your thought. I'll hold my thought. Okay. We'll circle back. We'll circle back. Uh <laughs> All right, give us a synopsis. Synopsis, synopsis. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, so um, Amy Poehler's autobiography, Yes, Please, covers a good percentage of her life, from childhood to SNL, movies, her divorce and children, and everything in between. Do you think I missed anything there? Was that a good... No, I think that's good. I mean, it's an autobiography. It's a memoir. So I I do, before we get into... um, before I, we get into questions, I want to read the back of the book. Like, the very back. I can't <laughs> see all of the back of the book because I've got a library copy that's covered. Oh, my library cover- copy doesn't cover there. Uh, it covers in the front. Okay, so, by purchasing Yes, Please by Amy Poehler, you commit to the following. As reader of Yes, Please, I hereby swear to purchase book and read it. Book may be read on subway, airplane, or elliptical machine. Book shall not be read while driving, giving birth, or walking near mall water fountains. <laughs> All parties agree to discuss books with family and friends and purchase multiple copies if so inclined. Editors would like to take the moment to point out that books are great gifts, especially around the truly magical holiday season. Also, don't forget summer or any months ending in Y-H-L-E-T or R. 
book may also be used as a coaster for morning coffee or easy way to prop up a bedside alarm clock. Please approach Yes, Please with an open mind and low expectations of gossip. Lines from books may be quoted in casual conversations after permission is received from author in writing. This is in really small print, by the way. Author in writing four to six months after said request is processed. Requests to quote lines can be sent to Yes, Please. Quotes requests 12342 Corporation Boulevard A, Suite XV, America. The author would like to thank you from the bottom of her heart for buying this book so she can continue to buy fancy washcloths. The publisher would like to thank you. Yes, please. Have courage. I'm getting really small. Take risks. Go now. Why now? Who cares? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) That hurt my eyes. I should have had my glasses. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so we both are showing the physical copy, but it's worth noting that we both read this as an audiobook. And this was my second read. Was it your second? Um, it's my second read. Um, yeah. I kind of did side by side. I listened to the audiobook because, and that's actually my first note. The amount oh, okay. of talent that was a part of this audiobook. Oh, excuse me. The first, the amount of talent a part of this audiobook is mind blowing. Amy Poehler herself is talent. Then she re- recruited Carol Bonnet, Seth Myers, Mike Schur, El- her mom and her dad, mm-hmm. which Elaine and William Poehler, Patrick motherfucking Stewart, yeah. and fucking Kathleen Turner. Right. right. <laughs> and so um, Kathleen Turner and uh, Patrick Stewart read the little in-between portions. Yes. Like they split it back and forth, which is... Fantastic. And, and Kathleen Turner also is the monster in her head. Yes. When she's having negative negative, Which thoughts. is fantastic. Um, I, so I love that the audiobook was full cast, that she brought in people who wrote parts of her book to tell parts of her book, and then just brought in people that she thought was cool as shit. And, you know. Right. And, well, the fact that she's like, you know what, Kathleen Turner, like, she feels like her voice sounds like Kathleen Turner. And, I mean. I love it. Kathleen Turner's voice is raspy and beautiful mm-hmm. and deep. And you're like, yeah. I can't bitch. think of her and not think of her role as Chandler's Chandler's dad. mom. Yeah, your dad. Yeah, dad. Yeah, dad. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so, so, um, yeah, so let's go ahead. Um, Amy shares a great deal about her life with us in this book. Do you think books like this give us, non-celebrities, a feeling like we're entitled to the, their this information? I mean, you know, Amy actually talks about this in the book. Like she sure how does. She, how she feels that she is entitled to information of all the celebrities. She's a snoop. Well, she is. <laughs> um, I don't know that we are necessarily entitled to that information. I think that there is a certain, um, you are relinquishing some privacy when you step yes. into the limelight. And when, of course, when people like hack your phone and steal like naked photos of you, no, we don't, we don't, we, no. That's not okay. No. When they're stalking you and you've got your kids with you, also not okay. That's no. not okay. Facts. But but there are certain aspects of the life of a celebrity that are going to be public, and that comes with being a celebrity. And if you don't like it, then you probably shouldn't pick shouldn't that career path. Yes. Um, I like that. I like when celebrities write memoirs. I like reading memoirs. It lets me know more about the person's life. It, I never read them about people I don't care about. Like, 
um, people that read autobiographies just because they like autobiographies. That's not my thing. Um, I've read uh, a few of them and I know you want to talk about that later. I've read a few celebrity memoirs um, and I like that inside look at them. Amy's auto, her memoir, autobiography, whatever you want to call it was different for me because I learned things about her that kind of made me be like, Oh, maybe I wouldn't be friends with her in person. (laughs) I don't know. You like me. (laughs) I mean, that's debatable. No, I'm just kidding. You bitch. Um, but I mean, I want to be friends with Leslie Nope, you know, and Amy Poehler is. I think there's a part of Leslie Nope in Amy. I don't know. I think the go getter side, the kind of person that wants that's driven. Um, that's what the good person, the 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 one that wants to. She is a do gooder. She is a do gooder. Yeah, but like she's also from like a really gritty comedy world, and she's the only woman in her like. And the Upright Citizens Brigade, she's the only woman and the yeah. men that she hangs out with. She's pretty vulgar. Um, and Thank I guess know. I guess <laughs> when I when I listened to this the first time, I loved it because I loved hearing her and she made me laugh and she made me cry. Right. Um, but I also learned things about her that I was like, I really didn't need to know that about her. You know? Really? Like what? Um, I mean, I didn't need to know that she's stoned all the time. I didn't need to know that she was like, you know... Sexually with- promiscuous. Yeah, I don't need to know that part of her life. I feel like that made and- her more relatable. Well, maybe to you, but not to me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she also talks about in here her boyfriend at the time that she wrote the book. Nick and any- Yeah, and anytime a celebrity writes a memoir and they talk about their boyfriend, I'm always kind of like, uh, do you really want to put that in there? And then, of course, she and Nick Kroll aren't together anymore. No. So but- I think that's weird. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I feel like modern day, we automatically feel like, as non-celebrities in general, mm-hmm. we have a right to their lives. I mean, yeah. the first thing we do in the morning is we click on, most people click on Facebook, and they're scrolling through, and there's like, oh, so-and-so died, so-and-so's rehab. And we're like, yes, give us the information, right? I, I feel like there was a time in my life that I that I liked that, and I used to be like- It feels dirty to- now. It does. I used to read Perez Hilton's vlog. I grew up, my grandmother is, used to, is, um, the National Choir and Star, mm-hmm. those paper magazines, uh, yeah. not even magazines, whatever, those small thin papers. Yeah. I remember my grandmother buying them and reading them. Well, I like, mean, I, I used to follow Perez Hilton's blog and that's all celebrity garbage and uh-huh. it's gossip. And I used to like that a lot. I, yeah. And when I was in my twenties and now like, Molly, I'm going to be 40 in a month. I don't care about people's like personal lives I, if I don't know you. Like I don't want to right. invest in people's lives if I don't know them. Well, now, but I, I do like, like reading. I do like reading memoirs. I just think that there's a, a certain aspect of it. I, don't I feel. Need you to put I, that out I there. think what it is is as we get more mature, we get more empathetic, and yeah. thinking about it from their point of view makes us more empathetic. Like. Watching celebrities try to guard their children's faces, you're mm-hmm. like those mfing photogs. You know what but I mean? But I never, but I never liked it when paparazzi went after kids. I never no. liked that. Like, no, that's it's upsetting. that's not okay. And I'm like the I'm the almost the age that what she wrote this book, mm-hmm. so I should be. You know, it, it's just that 
I don't know. I don't know. I feel weird us talking about this, Molly, because like it's not Same. just evaluating the book; it's evaluating, we're evaluating her life. Amy, and, and, I, and I, we're, who are we to sit here and judge Amy Poehler? Like we're not okay. So let's say this: we're not judging Amy. We're gonna judge the context of this book. Yeah, because and, and I do think that the kind of comedy world that she comes from the comedy that she does that I didn't know that she did comes with a shock value. Yes. And so I think um, some of the things, yes. So I think some of the things in this book were because that's the comedy she runs with. And I guess if you were reading this book because you were a fan of like upright citizens brigade, or you were a comedy fan, Mm -hmm. or you wanted to read what to do to break into SNL, like that wouldn't bother you. But like me as somebody that just likes her because she's, Leslie, no, yeah, like it—it was things I just didn't need to know about her. But overall, I really like this book. Um, and what was your good read rating? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. I'll look it up real quick. Um, I really like this book. I loved the audiobook. I loved hearing her read it to me. Like to me, that was like the best part. It was like a conversation with a friend. Honestly, it was. It was. Um, and the chapter on her sons, I, I was driving on my way to work the first time I, I listened to it and I, cried. Every time I hear, every time I hear it. So do you feel like you, oh, let me I gave it five it. stars. I gave it five stars. Okay. And as um, we all have established, April does not hand out five stars yeah. regularly. So we're both very aware of her from this book. Do you feel like your opinion about her has changed? Um, in some ways, yes, because, uh, I'm sorry to jump ahead because I know you have a question about this later and I apologize, but my opinion of her has changed in some ways because some of the men that she associates with. Okay. Louis CK. I want to talk about this actually. Yeah. So, um, I understand that she and Louis CK have been doing comedy together for a long time. He's not really a part of the upright citizens brigade, but he's like a part of that world. Right. Um, they, they started together in Chicago and he was even on parks and rec. But since the me too movement, uh, we've learned that Louis CK is not a good, not a good guy. And so to me, that sort of made me go, of course, she wrote this book before that came out. So right. um, I'm not so, I'm not saying she should retract what she says about him in the book. But I do feel like, I do feel like, how did she not know? And um, I'm not, and I'm not blaming her. I'm not blaming you know, her. So I'm not holding I, her um, responsible for his I actions. I have a lot of feelings about this, especially, um, we'll get into it in a couple pages of my notes. Um, We're no way going to be able to finish all your notes, Molly. We're 20, <laughs> 20 minutes in. 20 motherfucking minutes um, in. I have a lot of feelings about this because she keeps mentioning him. So mm-hmm. I went and looked in, I Googled it, right? To see okay. if she had made a statement or Did anything. She? she has stayed completely silent. See, I mean, that it's not. upset me a lot. It's not her duty to. But. It's not her duty to. She is talking to, so highly about him in 2018. Yeah. Right. And, or what is this? What year was this? Um, around then, and that's also when you two ha- or with you two when me two happened. Um, um, 2014. So this is 2014, and then 20 what 17, 18, me too started, right? And all those things about Louis C came out, and she said nothing. She said nothing, and and, and I don't. Just, it, it it just hurt my heart a little bit because the women that were speaking out were other female comedians. In the same circuit, in the circle. same circle, yes. And I and, and I want to I want to be clear. 
I want to be clear. I'm not blaming Amy Poehler. For I don't blame Amy at all. I, okay. I, um, and I'm not holding her responsible for the things that he did or not reporting it or what have you. She maybe didn't know. Let's give her that. Maybe she right. didn't know, but my, at least, but at least she could stay, stand up and say, I do not approve of this. And I I'm going to distance with myself. I'm going to distance um, myself from him because I stand with other women in comedy. What happens in silence in these kind of situations is it is taken as approval. It is taken as support nowadays. Right. right. And I maybe she called Lewis and he was like, what the fuck? You know right. what I mean? We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Maybe she called Sarah Silverman and apologized. We have no idea. Right. All I'm saying publicly, as a woman who's been through all the things mm-hmm. and have seen things and dealt with right. the things, I... It made me feel yucky. Well, and she does address this side of Hollywood in her book. Right. She talks As, about um, somebody, actually, a, an inappropriate uh, producer at a show um, yeah. and how that uncomfortable that made her feel. And she addresses men in Hollywood and says, you don't have the right to do these things. Okay, great. We know that you feel that way. So now come out and say, I'm distancing myself from this. Right. And at this point, I feel like it's probably too late. Like it's been, right. what, four years? Four and so years. She's, so, yeah. but it, 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 it's just, I don't know. Anyways. It um, bothers me. It, it bothers, bothers me, me as well. Um, <laughs> we're still, I'm still in the preface. Um, in the preface, she's mentioned Girl Walks Into a Bar by Rachel Drack, mm-hmm. Bedwetter by Sarah Silverman, Everyone's Hanging Out Without Me by Mindy Kaling, Not That Kind of Girl, A Young Woman Telling What She Can Learn by Lena Dunham, and a couple more. Bossy, Bossy Pants. Pants. Yeah. Um, have you read any of these? I have read Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me by Mindy Kaling. I want to read that. That's on my TBR. Um, it's really like funny. Um, and I didn't know her from The Office because I've seen The Office now. But surprisingly. Again, another excellent writer. Mm, uh, yeah, she's an excellent writer, right? Um, surprisingly, I didn't. The reason I didn't try Parks and Rec when it was on the air, like the when I first started watching it, it was like airing its last season was because i am not a fan of the documentary style Mm -hmm. so i I lock like i hated the office so i watched the office all the way through with husband um and he thought it was very funny i can't stand michael scott there's no way i could ever work for somebody like him i don't understand how he had a job and how he kept employees like awful but anyway i knew you've never been in the military because there are officers that are like yes but i don't deals that are fucking Michael Scott's still active duty right now. I have worked for Michael Scott's. And you know who you fucking are. I'm looking at you. You know who you fucking are. I covered your ass. <clears throat> well. Moving um, on. <laughs> I, I knew Mindy Kaling from the Mindy Project. She's very Which funny. Was a good show. And, and so she's I a great writer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, Amy lists three things she feels as a kid they were all worried about. Lice, scoliosis, and nuclear war. I feel like two of these things are generational because of when she grew up. Mm-hmm. What would your list look like from that time frame? Well, I mean, probably lice would be on there. I had lice. really long hair, and I did get lice a lot. Lice. Um, um, lice is attracted to healthy hair, but it doesn't make you feel mono, good when you get it. for some reason, for me, was a big not, one I was Not mono, because I wasn't, like, making out with random people. Molly, but, what the fuck I, is wrong I, with you? Well, I wasn't making out with people, but I feel like we talked about it way more than we should have as kids. Like, um, we were more concerned about mono. Um, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I would say lice would be up there. They did do the scoliosis test every year, probably climbing the fucking rope and gym. The, I never oh, we accomplished didn't have that. To do that. We didn't ever have to do never, that. Never, never got it. Um, um, nuclear war was definitely not one of them because I grew up in the eighties. Um, right. but, uh, so I guess probably lice and scoliosis and climbing the rope and gym. Yeah. Um, my fingers getting rolled over. In scooter games was always a big Oh, you know me. what else? The fucking what? skip it hit, hitting your ankle. Oh, that, that thing bitch. hurt. Um, I was a klutz mm. and I was a chatty kid, so people like to pick on me. Um, bullies were a big problem for me. So, like, I mean, really, my biggest worries were like, like real problems. And these aren't, I mean, I'm not trying to downplay life. Or right. nuclear war because obviously right. those are big things, but like um, you know, I I had my parents were the first parents to divorce in my entire school um, when I was Same. in third grade. So it was like I had a lot of childhood trauma from that, um, and I have an anxiety disorder. And the first time that I actually had an anxiety attack that I can remember, I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know that that's what it was when I had it. Um, yeah, but that's what it was. And I, I, because I have an anxiety disorder and I'm also, um, gifted quote unquote, I had a really hard time because I would be obsessive about my grades. Yeah. So that's really where it was a thing you could control. Yes. It was a thing you could For me, control. that's what I worried about. Yeah, if I grades. wasn't getting straight A's and, and I'm really still struggling with that now because my son is in third grade, the first year of grades and he's getting two B's on his first report card. I don't see them turning into A's like one's at an 89%. So she could move it to an A and I'm, I'm really trying not to make him feel like he did a bad thing because this is the first time he's ever had grades and he's in gifted math and he's doing and really B's great. It, yeah. But I didn't even have a B until I was in ninth grade. So coming from a kid who barely graduated. Right. I know. I mean, I never got anything lower than a C my entire life. So that's awesome for you. That's yeah. awesome for you. Um, anyway, sorry. That anyways. was a side um, So there's a line in the book. Once you move from shortstop to second base, you might want to start making other plans. This had me laughing out loud because yeah. Well, I wasn't uh, in softball. I was in field hockey. And I went from being on field to off ben- on the bench real fast. And you're like, oh, this is not my thing anymore. <laughs> and it really, as a kid, it really makes you second guess everything you thought you were in that moment. Well, I just feel like that's one of the beauties of Amy's writing. It's relatable, right? So yeah. we maybe didn't, I was a softball player and, um, you know, I got moved from first base to right field my senior year. Mm. That was disappointing, but I still that was disappointing. I'm I still sorry. had the, I know I still <laughs> had the highest batting average on my team. So I was playing I every five. game because, because I was oh. a beast. You like the hair dyeing? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, um, I feel like that's the thing about her writing. It's relatable. It's relatable. Um, Carol Burnett is obviously Amy's idol and role model yes. when it comes to comedy. Yes. Do you think she'll be ha- held as high as Carol Burnett one day? I really don't. Um, and Not I, either. I think the reason is because 
the comedy world is much more inclusive than it used to be. And Carol Burnett and um, Lucille Ball, uh, you know, they were, they were trail, Mary Tyler Moore, um, Betty White. They were trailblazers in the young. All hail Betty White, man. In female comedians. She's turning a hundred this year, I think. Fuck. Yes, she is. I think that woman is going to live forever. Molly, I really hope you're right. (laughs) I can't take another tragedy, honestly. I I just think, (laughs) I just think Amy Poehler is great, but she's also great in a time that we have a lot of women who are great. Which is awesome. That's awesome. I, um, if anybody in her generation, not to take away from Amy, Uh I think people are going to look at Tina Fey that way. Yes, I think you're right because I think Tina's got a more rounded career, but I would say of that generation of comedians who have been on SNL, Maya Rudolph. That would be who I would pick. Yes. Maya is very um, versatile. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen movies where she's been serious too, and I'm like, she brings this finesse of comedy to the serious roles. She's very talented. Where I think Amy um, is more slapsticky. Like yeah. she's a bit over the top. I mean, she even, knows- the, even the way she played Leslie Nope is over the top, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about that. Uh, when we start the chapter playing girl versus the demon, Amy starts spiraling. And I feel like this is all of us when we get to start term, like internalizing how we hate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find that relatable or do you think she's just, Oh, Big 100%. Celebrity. <laughs> I, I think she's, I think she's very relatable. Um, I think it's interesting because this is one of the things I was thinking about while I was reading that chapter. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look at Amy's appearance, I don't want to judge a woman for the way that she looks, but I want to talk about her appearance and how it's evolved. Mm-hmm. What typically is happening in Hollywood is women stop being cast in roles when they get older. Right. Um, because they're no longer attractive, quote unquote. But men keep this attractiveness and they, they keep getting cast in things. Fact. I feel like Amy Poehler has become more beautiful as she's aged. I think like, so too. Like I think young Amy that was in Deuce Bigelow is not as pretty as she is now. Well, um, she says in the book that, um, what the heck is his name over at SNL? Um, the the creator, um, major producer, um, Lauren Michaels. Lauren paid for her to get her teeth fixed. Yeah, yeah, but like, I don't think that's what did it. I think she's just aged really beautifully. She has aged well. I'm just <laughs> saying, um, it just helped the process probably. Well, there, sure was a, there was a there was actually if you look at the beginning seasons of. Uh, Parks and Rec, which I know she was pregnant the first season, and we all feel mm-hmm. like shit. They talk about us glowing, but let's be honest, we're all we were f- sweaty, right? Like Phoebe <laughs> says, it's sweat. <laughs> like, um, she she actually gets more beautiful as the series goes on. I don't mm-hmm. think it was something they were doing. I think that's just how she's aging. Which props to yeah. her. Kudos. I am Good not aging her. well. I am not aging well. <laughs> Same girl. She has a line in um, the book that says, "Decide your currency." Amy says this as she explains she knew she would never be the pretty girl. And have you thought of your life in this way? Because this was new to me. I never thought about deciding that line, decide your currency, figure out what you're good at and hustle it. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't know I don't that know. I like that. Also, I had take issue with that because I think she is pretty and she's also blonde and a woman and that comes with some advantages. Correct. And um, she's skinny. She's yeah. a tiny woman. She's tiny. Um, I, I, to me, that whole find your currency thing, that might work if you want to go into show business and you have to find like where your niche is. Like she found mm-hmm. comedy. For me, that doesn't because to me, that's like just find your way that you can infiltrate the cool crowd, which I'm never going to be able to do that. Like I'm not. Well, you're talking my, about we are the cool crowd. M- Molly. <laughs> <laughs> we literally run a, a podcast talking about books that we didn't write that someone else wrote. I mean, we can talk about my books. It just won't be as fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay well i think that we're cool but we're cool in the that we're almost 40 cool but my currency if i had to choose it would always be to be the smart one and i mean that sounds braggy but it's true i am i'm what, really what really smart tell us the other day it's not bragging if it's true yeah well i am really smart and you know but advice for a 12 year old is truthful advice because they have no reason to they have lie. no filter <laughs> i mean so for me, that would always be like where I'm supposed to be. And I guess that works for me because I'm a librarian. So being the smart one makes sense. But um, I don't know. If you want to be in showbiz, I think you need to decide what you're going to be good at. Are you going to be good at being the leaning lady because you have the face? Are you going to be good at comedy because you just are naturally funny? I don't have to choose that because I'm a librarian. I <laughs> felt this as a writer. I was yeah. like, oh, Pick well, yeah, lane. that makes sense in that. Yeah, pick a lane, stick to it, figure it out, get your shit but, together. And you know what? I started writing after this book, and I, I haven't written in a year. Happy. I haven't written in a fucking year. So well, I'm really glad you're writing again. That makes me happy. Me too. It's going to be freaking hilarious. But that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> neither here nor the another good one liner. I felt good for her, not for me. When she was talking about being at SNL and she was getting prepared mm-hmm. for her first birth and mm-hmm. Maya's telling her about this water birth and how she had right. it at home and she's like, mm, right. Yeah. Fuck not, that not, shit. Not for me. I literally read an article today about a woman who gave birth in like a water birth and then left the placenta attached to her son until it just fell off naturally in six days. No. And, no, and she... You. And to preserve the placenta while it was still attached so it could continue to nourish her child, she, like, basically marinated it with herbs. (laughs) I don't know! Okay, let's say it together. Good for her! Good for her, not Not for me. Not for me! I almost sent that to you and and Katie, like, what the actual fuck? (laughs) Oh, and they named it! They named it. The placenta's name is Alice. I know. Good for you, not for me. The Sailor yeah. Palin rap, which yeah, I'm going to so- put in the link because this is so funny. I love that we both, in our notes for this episode, put that link. <laughs> I love that we were both like, we need to go watch the Sarah Palin rap. Because I actually remember so seeing funny. it. I do too. Yeah, I remember I, seeing it live. I was watching old, SNL at the she time. She was so tiny and she, she was- had that big old belly. Right. And right. It, it was just, it was. I and loved I- her and Seth Meyers, I still like yeah. their dynamic. I hope they write yeah, together one day. They're great. Um, I I was watching SNL at that time because um, I was in my twenties, and so I could be up late on a Saturday. But um, same boo. I I can't do that anymore. But uh, well, I mean, I they didn't were have just a tiny human. <laughs> 
they were just doing such really creative things that election year. Mm-hmm. And um, I just it thought was, that was really great. That will always be my favorite time frame of SNL. When Amy and Seth and Jimmy Fallon were on. And yeah. I think that will be, be my, our generation of SNL. With the cheerleading. It will be for. And, yeah. It will be for when I was old enough to really watch SNL, but in college comedy central used to play classic SNL. And when Chris Farley was on there, Oh, I loved him. And Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy. Oh, those are good years too. Not Eddie Murphy. He was on there for a little bit. Well, that's not who I was thinking of though. Oh Oh my gosh. Who am I thinking of? Chris Rock. He was on there for a little bit too. Yeah. Chris Rock, Chris Farley, um, they were all on there, and that that was to me. Um, those were the years. Yeah, those were the years I really liked. That was also when Will Ferrell started as well. And yeah, you know. um, but the whole story with Doctor G and the birth of her eldest child had me in tears. Then John Hamm gets on and tells her that don't fuck she this cannot up, right? ruin this for her because it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I was rolling laughing. Yeah. Um, me too. I, I kind of wonder how many of these stories are real and how many of I them know. are just I funny. Mean, I feel like um, I've seen enough of John Hamm IRL like on um, like, well, I mean, a, cult, a curated IRL when it comes right. to like uh, SNL and talk shows and that kind of thing. And I feel uh-huh. like Based off his personality, this is a very much John Hamm thing to be like, hey, I know you're going through it, but fucking suck it up. <laughs> you know, like, it definitely feels on brand. <laughs> but hilarious. I loved her. It was more of um how writing can take you from being yeah. in tears to laughing hysterically in, like, yeah. moments is amazing. Yeah, but pregnancy can do that in general. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um. So, do you want to talk about Hurricane Mary? Uh, yeah. So, um, I think we should. I, I this is like the one chapter that Amy like really apologizes for something that she did, and um, so the story is that there was a skit, um, Hurricane Mary, that she Which did was, on. S- sorry, she did it on SNL um, as part of, and I actually remember seeing this. this I skit. do too. I went looking for it. They SNL has taken it offline. Well, I think that's probably for the best. Amy's probably pushed for that to be the case. Yes. Um, So she portrays Dakota Fanning. Right. And she's doing a talk show and it's, she didn't write it and she didn't know that the, that the doll that she was going to be so offensive either. Right. And that that doll was actually based on a real person. Um, And it's a woman who is a disabled woman and at the time was a girl. Sisters. Was it, was Wasn't it sisters? Yes, it's sisters. Um, and basically, Amy needed to apologize. And when she was called out on it, she waited years to apologize. And it became too long. But I did some research on just to Ooh. see if, like, the they had patched up at all. Because we do get Amy's apology to the young woman. We get her and response Spike back. Jones helping her. And it, it, it's... Yeah. And we get the response back, but I did some research and the two of them actually do some work together on Amy Poehler's Smart Girls. Yes. Um, and uh, I, the woman's name escapes me right now, but we'll put that, I want to put the article where they've patched things up in the, That's great. In the description. Um, but uh, 
<clears throat> she's a political activist and has campaigned on several campaigns with people supporting disability rights. And um, it's pretty cool. And I like that she and Amy are, are cool with each other. And actually the woman's um, Twitter picture, like her profile picture is her and Amy Poehler. That's beautiful. So um, yeah. I like how honest she was about it. I feel yeah. like um, we've all put ourselves in a situation where we regretted what we've said well, and it, not always rose to the occasion when we shut up, you know? Well, and that's the beauty of memoirs, right? You get to tell the story that you want to tell and don't tell the parts you don't. She did not have to include that vulnerability. No. She didn't have to include that story. You she know what? And she, she admits in the book even how shitty it makes her look. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't cool. And even though no. she didn't write it and even though she didn't know it was, yeah, it wasn't yeah. cool. Um, so let's, so while she doesn't go into detail about her divorce, she is pretty honest about how she feels about the situation and pretty candor about how she dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about this? The fact that she, well, we knew she was married to Will. Will Arnett. For, Will Arnett. And, I mean, her divorce was all over the tabloids. But, yeah. um, I mean, they, they seem like they were a good couple. I like what she says that she doesn't consider 10 years together to be a failure. No. And 10 I, years I, of a successful marriage. I agree. And, you know, um, yeah. I've heard him on Smartless. And I've heard her. She's been on Armchair Expert, Next Shepherd's podcast. On mm-hmm. Smartless, he will talk about Amy. In mm-hmm. such beautiful ways. He is very mm-hmm. kind about her. They have a good relationship. Um, I mean, that's good because they have kids together. Um, based off his analysis. And then when she was on Armchair, she's really good friends with Dak Shepard. I had no idea. Like, because he of, was on he was on Parks and Rec baby, for an episode. And he was um and he was on Baby Mama too. Oh, I don't remember that, but Kristen Bell his wife was on several episodes of Parks and Rec. So yeah. yeah. Um, but she was pretty, she's that is, I will actually, if you like Amy Poehler at all and you've never listened to armchair, that's a good episode just to go listen to her talk because she's hilarious. Um, but she's pretty, she was, I wouldn't say she wasn't direct about it, but she was honest about how mm-hmm. her and Will are doing and how like they're just getting along. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think she had every right to not include any of that, but I think she probably got pressure from her publishers to include something because this yeah. is what people are going to want to know about. Right. Um, because I think the book came out shortly after. After the divorce. Yeah. The divorce. Um, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I'm happy that they're getting along because most people that get divorced don't. And like you got kids right. together. Also, it's, they run in the same circles. Like the right. comedy world is not really that big. No. And I mean, they're the same generation of comedians. And, and they're yeah. all very, the comedy world is also very incestuous. So yes. yeah. Yes. Very much so. Um, <clears throat> so as we get further into the book, she goes diving back into her childhood. We get mm-hmm. to the chapter. The Russians are coming. This whole chapter is about her and her childhood imagination really makes me feel connected to her. Did you have a similar experience growing up? Um, 
No, I mean, I wasn't like pretending to be some secret spy, if that's what no? you mean. No, I, my imagination was more um, dreaming of escaping like my actual life. Like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this small ass town in Ohio and not be in this town anymore? And be that's something? how I escaped was yeah. going into the woods, pretending I wasn't in the place I was. Mm-hmm. And I was a Native American, and I was trying, and my tribe had left me, and I was out there trying to figure out how to build a tent, a shelter, and make a fire, and find food. And I would just put myself in. Sur- that like, seems like that seems like a lot of work. I just was reading books. <laughs> <laughs> it was easier to be in my brain than to be in the house. <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't reading the books in the house. Um. <laughs> Um, oh, new goal, be someone Amy Poehler calls for a walk and talk. I think that's a good goal for you to have. Um, I feel like I, she has would, a lot of great advice about writing. I would love to have a conversation with her, but I, I don't know. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna ask her though to be in character the whole time. <laughs> Hi, I know that you're not actually Leslie Nope. I know that was a character. I know you're Amy Poehler, but could you just pretend to be Leslie? <laughs> I, I need to chat with her for a second. <laughs> I need advice from um, Leslie Nope, um, yeah. not Amy Poehler, because I need Leslie Nope to tell me. I need Leslie Nope to tell me that I am a beautiful tropical starfish, <laughs> and everything's gonna be okay. Yes. Exactly. Oh my. Let's get some waffles <laughs> and work it out. She's going to make you watch Harry Potter <laughs> and then tell you you love it. <laughs> you make me watch Harry Potter. <laughs> um, the moment her childhood friend mother dies and she doesn't know what to do, I feel is very relatable. I mean, I didn't have anybody when I was young that lost a mom, but I do no. feel like. I do feel like you that if I were in that position, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to I, do it. Um, I'm not going to mention her name because I don't know if she listens or not. Um, in my childhood, a very close friend of mine, we were in third or fourth grade. Her mother had died from cancer and our whole class just kind of avoided her instead of talking to her because none of us knew what to do. Yeah. And it makes us shitty human beings. But you know who it's on? It was our parents. Because our parents should have talked to us about it and told us what to do. Being a parent is hard. How do you prepare? I mean, look, my son, uh, his best friend from two years ago, his best friend Mm -hmm. from kindergarten and first grade, her mother died of a brain aneurysm right before second grade started. Like a, a few weeks before. Having that conversation with him was not fun. I don't think anyone wants to have that conversation with their kid. He asked all the questions that I feel are age appropriate. Are you going to die mommy? Who's going to be her mommy now? You know, what, what's going to happen to her? Like it was, it was an impossible conversation. Um, But so I don't necessarily blame her parents for not really having that. How do you deal with this? Because like, how do you deal with it? It was a different person- time, too. I well, but this like- person was also my friend. And, like, we don't know that that's not the case for Amy's parents. How do right. we know that they weren't also Reeling through this? it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Humping Jester Timberlake and her whole SNL chapter had me in tears. One, you can hear how much she loves her castmates 
and mm-hmm. still does. And two, she is really grateful for her time on the show. Yeah, and I feel like SNL is what really launched her. Without SNL, she wouldn't have had really any of the movies beyond Deuce Bigelow because mm-hmm. um, Baby Mama, uh, Mean Girls, they were all produced by Lorne Michaels and written by Tina Fey. I mean, she right. knew Tina from her time in Chicago, so maybe, but I think that's what really launched her career. Um, and uh, SNL does make a lot of a lot of people like it really makes right. the careers of a lot of people. Um, and I think she was on SNL at the time when there were a lot of women on SNL. Yeah. Her and Tina Fey and Maya Rudolph and um, Rachel Dratch. They were all and Anna Gasire. Like that was the years of women on that show. And like, it was definitely a good and time. funny women. Very funny. Really women. funny women. Um, and I don't think the cast has ever been swayed to the, more women to men any other time of the show's history. No. Um, it was a good time to be a woman in, in that comedy circle. Um, I preferred the chapter in which she talked about her castmates from Parson Rec. Yes. Um, which I have a note about it. I, we're going to get there, I promise. Molly, we're at 52 minutes already. It's fine. We got this. Um, <laughs> I can talk now. We, we know that. Now we watch as Molly speeds up the process. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite things about this book, or no, one of the things in this book I did not expect was sex advice. Same. <laughs> I, I did didn't not expect to get sex advice from Tina, uh, from Amy Poehler when I opened this fucking book. <laughs> I don't know that I expected anything in particular. <laughs> I just decided to read it because I wanted to listen to a memoir and I love Parks and Rec, so that's why I picked it. Um, it seems on brand for the kind of comedy that she's doing, but I didn't know she was doing that kind of comedy. I don't know. <laughs> um, while I am not a comedian and in her world, being the only woman in a room ha- has happened to me several times while I was in service. She mm-hmm. hits the nail on the head when it comes to sharing being a lucky girl. I, from personal experience... I cannot tell you the time I have looked up from my desk as being active duty and realized I am the only woman in a room. Yeah. Um, while most of the people were not drunk in that room, like it is in the comedy world, mm-hmm. I have had sober men approach me the way men have approached her. I yeah. have had that situation where the producer comes up to her mm-hmm. and, um, and is like looking for confirmation and wants him, her to just cater to whatever he wants, even though he's the one that fucked up. Mm-hmm. I have had that happen so many times. Yeah. And as women, I feel like this is a, such a relatable situation. It doesn't matter if you're in the military, if you're a lawyer, if you work in a school, if you work in an industry that is full of men, mm-hmm. you are going to look, be- if you have tits, you're going to be looked at like you're supposed to be mm-hmm. catering to them and helping them yeah. and making their life easier. And, yeah. and <laughs> I really wish she would have had some advice about how to fix it <laughs> other than saying no. <laughs> like, well, I mean, obviously she didn't have that advice because she didn't say no herself. She ended right. up hugging that guy. Right. And she regrets it. She wishes she would have, you know, told him, get the fuck out of my dressing room. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yep. Um, 
Mike Schur. I love, 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 love Mike Schur. Um, I didn't really know much about him until I heard him on Armchair Expert, which is a really good episode. Um, but the way he edits her, have you seen, did you see the way he edited it in here? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, he adds in like little notes about where. Like, like, um, like a true editor. Right. And, and I like that he came on and read, um, those parts and talked. Yes. Uh, Um, here. Like it's in red and it's like an editor or a teacher editing your work. It starts on page 246. Yes. It's very cute. I like it. And I like that he came in and read those parts. Um, Yes. I also like in that chapter, if you listen to the audio book, she plays the audio parts from of from the show from Parks and Rec, and then proposes. Right, and Uh, I cried because I cry every time I watch that episode. I cried too, and then I cried as she read each love letter to each of her castmates. I know. I mean, that was that was beautiful. Beautiful. Um, My favorite, I think, is um, to Aubrey Plaza. I when I'm tearing up now after the divorce. And she had got off the plane from New York. Um, uh-huh. Aubrey showed up at the airport to pick her up, and she was in like some weird costume, right? Yes, um, she was. Um, what she was dressed it? up as an alien and surprised her, and came to the airport to pick her up, mm-hmm. knowing that her friend she, was heartbroken. <laughs> and she, I um, love that about her. She describes her basically as being like. Soft on the inside, but with a hard exterior, which is exactly how April Ludgate is described right. in the show. Right. Um, I like that she included Rob Lowe and um, and uh, Chris uh, Rashida, Rashida, Rashida Jones, who were yes. not on the whole series. But Rashida um, and her have a great friendship outside yeah. of Parks and Rec now. Yeah, they do. Um and I really love this Leslie Snopes name list. Yes. I mean, I went on. That, that um, goes off. I think Leslie Nope is like the perfect name for a character with such a can-do attitude. And I love that it has a hit, like the silent K. Because K. All of them they, have silent Ks. I know. All I, know. Of them. I know. It's really funny. And that is um, such a Mike Sure thing. Have you watched The Good Place? Yes, I love The Good Place. That okay, so funny. his writing on there is just as spectacular. I know. I know. Um, um, he has a new show coming out, too. I just saw, uh, it, like, an ad on Facebook. I didn't actually click on the ad, so I don't know what it is, but there's a new show well, coming I'll out. I'll have to go look it up. Um, and um, my, my husband and I say the I love you and I like you that Ben and Leslie say to each yeah. other. We say that to each other. So um, very important, ladies and gentlemen, if who are listening, you can always love your spouse, but not you always, don't always like have your to spouse. like them. <laughs> right. Oh, I don't know how many times I've told Matthew, I love you, but I hate your face right now. <laughs> I hate your face. So uh, we do that. I love you and I like you. And I think Ben and Leslie are probably one of my all time favorite TV couples. Couples. I love how they fell in love with each other like you could tell gradually from the over time yeah but you could tell from the beginning that they both were interested in each other but they didn't like their jobs were in conflict right and for leslie for a character like leslie 
you can't have, you can't be in a relationship with somebody that's in such conflict with your right. job. Um, but they're so perfect for each other. And I really love that her uh, message to him was my favorite thing was every time I got to kiss your face. Yes. Like, I love that. <laughs> yes. She talks a lot about getting to kiss people and it not be cheating because she's yes. doing her job. Good job. <laughs> um, Near the end, we learn about moon hunting with the boys. I love the chapter on her boys. I love Dr. that she calls them Jane delicious. Artisan, the Haiti boy, where I was sobbing like a bitch baby because that child. Yeah. Um, and then this quote, page 312. A person's strategy does not make their entire life. 100%. As two people that has had trauma... We can agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I might say something controversial. I hated that the last chapter was live. Oh, I, I hated that. it. I, I like that. It. And then I actually went to YouTube to see if there were videos. I do. I have a link for it because there's a small there. one from the publisher. <laughs> yes, they didn't include that shit. <laughs> You can't see the entire live recording, but the publisher did put out um, a, a segment of it. Um, I'll put I the link it, in notes. I thought it was funny because she's doing it at the theater that the Upright Citizens Brigade owns. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are things about her that I didn't know at all from this. Like, I had never even heard of the Upright Citizens Brigade. And it turns out that Amy Poehler runs one of the most successful comedy schools in the country. Yeah, which um, I think which is crazy. COVID... Um, I think during COVID it closed permanently. Like permanently? I think so. I'll double check the facts we'll and put it in the notes. We'll have to double check that. Cause... Um, I'm pretty sure they had to close. Well, that's a bummer. But um, um, I think it's interesting that one of the people in the Upright Citizens Brigade, she used to, it used to be her boyfriend and they're still working together. Um, I mean, it just shows professionalism. Like, I do not have a single ex that I would ever want to work with again. I have a few or, I really or like. Or see the face of. Or see the face of. Um, in the very end. Yes. Sharda saves the day. Sharita. Sharita. I'm so sorry. Sharita saves the day. Mm. Amy loses her laptop. Yeah. The laptop that this whole book is on. But the book is on. Well, not all of it, but a lot of it that hadn't been backed up to the cloud yet. And she's and panicking. And this is Sharita. For any of you watching on YouTube, there's a picture of her in here. She is panicking. And Sharita finds it and just sends her an email like she's everybody else and little does she know she saves this whole thing it was what a sweet way to end this book yeah she says every book has an angel and this book's angel is sharita so i love that Um, but i actually really liked the last chapter being live i thought it was really fun to hear the reactions of people um nope i don't know Nope. Hard you know what you what you know what you just completely glanced over and didn't talk about at all. Which I know that? we're over time, but you didn't really talk about the chapter that Seth Myers pops in the booth with her. I really liked that chapter. Um, yeah. So Seth Myers comes in to talk about what happened at SNL while Amy was giving birth because she right. went into labor like out, a few hours before the show was going yes. on. And um, I couldn't and, find. And, I sorry. I was looking for the. Sh- I'm sorry. It's like we've never done this before. <laughs> a week and a half and we're fucking out of our minds. Um, I tried finding the clip Where of he touches him, like, the, 
Yeah, I couldn't yeah, find it and either. I couldn't find it. So if you find I it, tag find us. It. Yeah. Um, but I like that um, that he had two other instances where he could have, like, actually met Amy, where he was in the audience of Amy's shows. Yes. And he didn't actually get to meet her until they were on SNL together. Right. And then well, he was at the – he has a picture from Upright Citizen Brigade when she was there, right? Yes. Uh, he he was he was at the audience, but he never actually right. met her. Right. Um. But I I really like I really like um their friendship. I think it's really cool. Um. She's been and, on his show several times, and you can see yeah. how natural and comfortable they are with each other. I also want to talk about how she talks about the pudding, um, winning the pudding. an award. Uh, now she does have an Emmy now because she and Tina Fey won for the hosting Golden Globes. Yes, but it is it is really a tragedy in Emmy's history that she never won as Leslie Nope. Yes. she was nominated so many times and she never won. And I like I it it, it hurts me that she didn't win for that just because right. I love her character so much and because I really feel like. She created someone who was relatable. And the right. chapter with Mike Schur, he talks about how um, they wanted Leslie to be someone that took herself so seriously. And then Amy improvised a line in which um, the beer bottles fell off this table. And she says something about, look at those bitches cleaning up after me, talking about <laughs> the men. And like Mike Schur was like, at that moment, we realized what Leslie Nope actually was. And I will say... That that was that season, the end of that season, because it's season two, that's when Chris Traeger and Ben Wyatt joined the show. Yes. Um, and that's when really the show hit its Picked feet up. niche. Yeah. Um, the first season of the show is not great. I mean, I like it because I, I love who Leslie Nope is, and she is so me. She's so me. But yeah. um but I really liked uh liked hearing that that um the the character evolved because of who Amy made her. Um, I did forget to show something, and I really want to show this. Uh, okay. When Amy gave birth to Archie, she got uh-huh. a letter from oh, yeah. Hillary Rodden Clinton. Hillary Clinton! It, it reads, politics aside, Archie, dear Archie, happy birthday. I know your arrival brings great joy to your parents and your entire family. I am pleased to join with them in welcoming you to New York and our nation. Best wishes for a lifelong that includes lasting friendships, boundless curiosities, and loving in a future that is shining and bright. And in asterisks at the bottom, in her own handwriting, she writes, she signs it, Hillary Rodden Clinton, and then she goes, otherwise known, your mother's double. Double. <laughs> yes. I and I love that so because, funny. because she played her for so, so long, long. And I just think that's so funny. So um, funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was really was funny. Really I I found it funny and like, yeah. I, I, just imagine the life these boys are gonna have. Like their dad yeah. does the voice of Lego Batman. Their mom I know. is I know. like the fate. Like it, it's just yeah. I don't know. It's wild and yeah. I I yeah. I I think um I think she's. I mean, I don't know if she's really a good mom, but the way she talks about her boys in the book, she's a good mom. Right. I can't really judge her parenting because I'm not a part of it. And, no. You know, what, no. what you put what you put forward is maybe not be who you are. But I can't imagine just listening to, like, interviews with her and stuff that she's not that kind of mom. Right. Um, I mean, parenting's so. hard. It doesn't matter if you are, 
living off of paycheck to paycheck or if you're a multimillionaire. Right. Parenting and she talks hard. about and she talks about how every mom needs a needs wife. Needs a wife. Yes. Yeah. And I like that. I feel like yeah. and that chapter is more about having a support system. Let's right. not lie. Right. We all, I mean I'm not going to get into details I, because my of my, my kind of th- my kind of thought of it was you wouldn't every mother doesn't need a wife if you have a partner who is also able to do it, which they were both working full time. And so they didn't have that. But like my husband can fill that role because he's not working full time. So he's Um, own dad. Well, I was going to say a support system is important. I won't get into details. Uh, I text you and Katie this week. And uh-huh. I text um, my other mom friends that are here local about uh-huh. a situation I've been dealing with with one of my children. And um, it's been weighing a lot on my heart and I've been struggling yeah. a lot with it. And you know this. Yeah. And um, talking to you all helps. It's nice yeah. to be able to turn around 100%. and look and, and face, see right that you know somebody is there holding your hand, even if it's yeah. metaphorically. And I think that's yeah. the point of that. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So overall, I love this book. Um, oh, I could. Sorry. Uh, the haiku for Tina or the, what is it called when you write? Uh, Acrostic. Um, T, 20 years ago we met because became instant friends. A relationship is the same as Lord. I don't know. Like Lord, we think of ourselves as Madonna's daughters, and on and on it goes. Comedy. Uh, she calls Tina in this book her comedy wife, mm-hmm. um, which I loved. So, but that's yeah. it for yes, please. I think that's it for yes, please. Even that's though I still feel weird yes. about us judging, I did too. And um, Tina, where Amy Poehler, if you find your way to listening to this podcast i'm gonna keep calling you tina and i apologize um if, if you find your way to listening to this podcast and you were like who really are these bitches to be judging and who me, the fuck do they think they are we're totally fine with that but could you also tell other people that we did this podcast so that they will listen to it too because we don't we don't care if you hate it just give us streams <laughs> <laughs> i mean i kind of care because I'd like you to mentor me a little bit on writing because it'd be great because I have an idea for a TV show. I won't drop a script in your lap like most assholes, but. <laughs> and because I'm obsessed with Leslie Nope and literally have a Hope with Nope uh, poster hanging up in my office, Truth. I mean, I would really like to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, next week on Book Besties, The Poet we're going to read The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. I will be ho- hosting. This is a book in verse, so it's a quick yes, read. Yes, it is. Um, if you listen to the audiobook, it's only about three and a half-ish hours. Um, and it's narrated by uh, Elizabeth Acevedo. So that's what Which we got next Which is week. gorgeous. Yes. And gorgeous. And we will be... We will be rounding out the month with The Martian. I love Lear. that flapping book so much. I'm, I'm in the middle of it right now. And our final book this month is Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Yoon. And this is a new book this year. It came out in 2021. I'm looking so forward first to reading time. it. Me too. I haven't started it yet, but I love all of her other books. And this will be the first time our podcast is doing a book that came out this year. The same year so, we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, and next, week, and next week, our 20th episode. Are we at 20 already? Next week. Today is 19. Aw, happy anniversary. (laughs) 
Alright, we gotta go, Molly. We're, like, way over. <laughs> to next time, besties! Bye! <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not those of anyone else. Today's book was Yes, Please by Amy Puller. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. Music is Sleep Sweetly by Prejuda. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.